Welcome back to the conclusion of Pastor Tim's message, A Sunday Lunch Showdown, from Luke chapter 14, verses 1 through 14. The enemies of Jesus went to all lengths to try to trap him, in his words and in his actions. The setting as Luke 14 opens is that kind of trap, but Jesus reveals their hearts and reveals his seriousness to his mission. Here's Pastor Tim. For their disguised conceit. Jesus notes that they go and they look for the best places to sit, thinking more highly of themselves than they ought to. But in the parable, it's one that you may be very well familiar with, and it may be one that speaks directly to you. Suddenly, somebody comes in the room who's of higher rank, who's of greater importance, somebody who is more popular, somebody who is more athletic, somebody who is more successful, somebody who is richer than you are. The host obviously wants to honor that person. He wants to give that person the very best seat in the room. And yet there you sit, you know, and ask you to move in favor of this other person. You know that person sits down with a smug look on their face that you wish you could just wipe off, right? Because yours is a, a downcast walk from the front of the room to the back, from the 50-yard line to the end zone, from behind home plate to the outfield. You've just been bumped. Strikes at our pride, doesn't it? It hurts our pride. It hurts our ego. When somebody doesn't notice us the way that we feel like we ought to be noticed. So Jesus gives them this great advice. Don't don't seek out the best place. Instead, go to the lowest place. It may very well be that you get to be the person that gets honored. You get to be the one that the host comes and says, hey, what are you doing down here? Come on, I got better seats for you than these. Some of them would have heeded that advice. And they would have sat there through the introductions, through the appetizer, through the meal and through the dessert only to be left sitting right where they sit. They're not engaged in the conversation. Instead, they're enraged by the fact that the host never came and moved them to their place. Jesus never said that that was something that would happen, did He? He said the master, the host, may come and move you. The fact that that person sits in that place, even if it's the lowest spot, thinking in their heart that they deserve something better, it reveals not only a pride, not only a conceit, but one that is disguised as false humility. 
I'll sit here. I'll keep my head down. I'll I'll let somebody come to me instead of me going to them. The reality is, is that our actions very often reveal what's going on in our heart. This is the heart of a person who is far away from God. This is a person whose heart is similar to the heart of Lucifer. Say, Tim, that's, that's kind of strong, isn't it? What did Lucifer want? He wanted worship. He wanted praise. He wanted recognition. He wanted somebody. He wanted everybody. To recognize just how great he was. And too many times that's us. We want to be patted on the back. We want to be told that we're the hero of the story. We want to be told how much our actions and our words mean to somebody. It may come and it may never come. But if you would genuinely humble yourself before the Lord, what does that mean? What does it mean? Does it, does it mean to just go sit in a low place? Does it, does it mean to get on your knees? Does it mean to lay out prostrate before Him? Sometimes. Sometimes that, that, that physical expression expresses simply what's going on, on the inside. But humility is on the inside. It's what I think about myself in light of what He has said about me. In light of what the Bible says about me. You know what you have in both of these parts of this story so far? I mean, you've got the ruler of the, of the Pharisees. You've got the Pharisees themselves on one side. And then you've got these other invited guests. Some of them are Pharisees. Some of them aren't, probably. But you've got these two different groups that Jesus is addressing. And both of them are filled with pride. Both of them think that they're better than everybody else. They certainly think that they're better than somebody who has a disease. And they surely think that they're better than the jerk at the top of the table who keeps talking all the time. If you sit in the lowest place, it may be, it may be that the host recognizes you and brings you forward. You may get a little applause, you may get a little pat on the back. They may acknowledge or recognize something that you've done. Good. But if you'll humble yourself before God, He will exalt you. Do you notice those differences? The host may come and do it. But in verse number 14, God will do those things. I'm sorry, in verse number 11, He will. Whoever exalts himself will be abased, and whoever humbles himself will be exalted. You can count on God because God knows exactly who you are. 
He knows who you are through and through. And He knows what your motivations are, and He knows why you're at the party in the first place. And Jesus isn't through. Boy, this is some party, isn't it? You know, Jesus already confronted the, the host, the ruler of the city, and all the Pharisees that are there. He's already, he's already confronted everybody that's sitting around him at the table. And now he turns his attention to the person who invited him in the first place. Notice what he says in verse number 12. Then Jesus also said to him who invited him, When you give a dinner or a supper, do not ask your friends, your brothers, your relatives, nor your rich neighbors, lest they also invite you back and you be repaid. When you give a feast, invite the poor, the maimed, the lame, the blind, and you will be blessed because they cannot repay you. For you shall be repaid at the resurrection of the just. Jesus confronted their deceitful courtesies. The courtesy of inviting them to dinner is based on a lie. Hey, I'm hosting a party. You want to come? It's going to be great. We're going to have food. We're going to have games. You're going you're to get to see some of your other friends that are there. It's not why they're inviting you. They're inviting you so that maybe not the next Sabbath, maybe the next month, that you will then in turn say, Hey, I'm throwing a party. You want to come? It's going to be great. We're going to have better food than you had. We're going to have games that are more fun than you had. And we're going to have better people at our party. You want to come? Sometimes we invite or sometimes we do things for other people with ulterior motives. That we might be repaid. That we might get the clap on the back. That we might gain the applause. Or we may overhear somebody telling another somebody how wonderful that we are. I want you to notice something with me. Back in verse number 12, when you give a dinner or supper. And he says, do not ask the frame of that verb to not ask is habitual. So what he's saying is, don't habitually ask. Don't always ask. So, I mean, you could go to this passage and say, you know what, sorry. Sorry, brother. I mean, I invite some other folks over, but I can't invite you. Sorry, neighbor. Sorry, rich man, can't invite you to my party because Jesus said not to. That's not what he's saying. He's saying don't get accustomed to always inviting people to do something just so they can do something for you. Instead, the point is, 
Find those who were maimed, who were lame, who were blind, who were poor. And invite them sometime. Take that verse all the way back up to verse number one and two. They didn't invite that guy. They forced that guy. He's obviously maimed or sick or something is wrong with him. They just had a great example right there in their midst. Why don't you invite people like him? Why don't you invite somebody like him who's, I mean, just because he had the edema doesn't mean that he was ceremonially unclean so he could have been in synagogue, he can go and he can do. But nobody wants to hang around with kickball. Because it always shows on you. Right? Because who we hang out with, who we spend our time with, reflects on us and our character. We don't want to hang out with the kickballs of the world. We want to hang out with the wealthy, the important, the influential. You ever noticed in these days... How many people, especially if you see them on something on television, it tells you what their job is. They like to be called a social media influencer. Ain't a whole lot I've been influenced by on that. But we take that name for ourselves because it makes us sound more important. Can I tell you this today? You are important to God you are loved by God he cares about you and he cares for you say Tim how do you know how do you know that God cares about me because God demonstrated his own love toward you in this that while you were still a sinner that Christ died for you Would you give your son for somebody that you didn't love? Would you meet the needs of the people that you don't care about? Jesus loves you. He wants a relationship with you. But one where you understand this. He is Him, and you are you, and not the other way around. You want to pray with me? I'm going to ask you to bow your head and close your eyes with me. Father, I, I, don't, I don't even really know what to say. I, I don't know how to adequately express... My, my gratitude, my, um, inability to, to comprehend 
how much you love me or why. But I believe that you do. And if you love me, then that's enough. I don't need anybody to fawn over me. I don't need anybody to tell me how great I am. I just need you. Father, I pray for those that are in our congregation today who need a relationship with you. Somebody who just needs to be reminded that you care about them. and That you love them. And that you're not impressed with pretense or any of those false things that that seem to impress others. Jesus, you invite them. You invite them into a relationship with you. You invite them into fellowship with our church. You invite them into discipleship. You invite them into growth. You invite them to be yours. Father, we give you these moments and ask that you would help us to think of ourselves exactly how you think about us and how we ought to biblically think about ourselves. And then to respond to you accordingly. Bless us with the presence and power of your Spirit. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Pastor Tim would love to connect and share with you about a personal relationship with Jesus Christ and how you can know that you know that Jesus is your Savior and Lord. That address is churchoffice at brittdavid.org. We are located at 2801 West Britt David Road, Columbus, Georgia, 31909. Thanks again for joining us here on Britt David Podcast.